Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Week 12 in the books. As we look ahead to week 13, matchups are going to be awesome. And this is Stacking the Box with the former offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz and the NFL insider Matt Verderam. And with yours truly, by the way, at the Carm on Twitter, Mark Carmen, you can see it. Who's excited about Lamar Jackson? We're starting with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are incredible. 45 to 6. The LA Rams should go home, but five more touchdown passes for the story of the NFL right now. 9 and 2. And by the way, we'll get to uh, the matchup coming up with San Francisco as well. The 49ers with an incredible demolishing of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But, gentlemen, let's yes. talk about this Lamar character. Jeff, 95 Ooh. yards on the ground, five through the air. He is by far at this point <laughs> exceeding expectations. The only thing that stopped him was that blade of grass he tripped over heading into. You know, by the way, I almost bet Lamar Jackson plus 140 for a rushing touchdown. I did not do it. I've been very upset if that blade of grass tripped him heading into the end zone. Um, look, I don't know what there is you know, to be said. I've been very wrong about this team. I admit it yesterday. Did not think this offense would work. Uh, the Rams looked um, overwhelmed. They looked uh, defeated. They looked way less physical. They looked unprepared. Um, you know, way too much man coverage against Lamar Jackson. Look, we keep saying, let's just wait till next week, right? You know, now Niners, right? Like, let's see the Niners do it. I don't know, man. I think the first time you face Lamar Jackson, you don't know what you're getting into because you cannot practice this, right? You're you're not in, in pads right now during practice. Practices are not full speed right now. Maybe one a week. Maybe Thursday is full speed. I know a lot of teams that spend Wednesday right now basically half speed. So there's no you have no one on your roster to to be to be Lamar Jackson. And there's no way to prepare for this. Well, hold on, man. Before you jump in, what, what when you say this, is it the speed you're talking about? Yes, yes. You, there's no. He's look. He's unlike I think any player we've seen since Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick has a better like arm than than does Lamar Jackson. Like his actual velocity on the ball. And I think I think if Mike Vick played in this era, he'd be Lamar Jackson, right? Like he'd be just the same guy. But Lamar's. His breakaway speed, his agility, no one touches him. We keep saying, well, Lamar's going to get hurt. I've said this before, too, but who's going to hurt him? He doesn't get touched. No one touches him until he's out of bounds. So I, I just I, – I don't know how you stop this. I'm looking forward to seeing the Niners try. I will say the one way to stop this, and in in so far that I've figured out, is you have to score an offense because if you get ahead in a game, the Ravens' offense cannot play the same way. They just can't do that. So the Niners come out this weekend in Baltimore, come out first two drives of the game, put up 10, 14 points. The, the Ravens will play a little differently, you know, the back the back third of that game. Matt Verderam, you've been hesitant to crown Lamar Jackson. And by the way, Ed Reed, who knows a thing about football too, I've talked to him and he's doing he's been reluctant to do it as well. But where are you at right now? Well, listen, I think right now he's been Fantastic. Like, athletically speaking, Jackson, to me, is the most electrifying player in the game. No question. And that offense, would give the Ravens coaching staff and Greg Roman a lot of credit. They've built that scheme around them, and Jackson has flourished in it. I, I think, you know, whenever you, you don't just rush to say he's the greatest thing you've ever seen, all of a sudden you're branded a hater. I don't hate Lamar Jackson. I enjoy watching him play. I think he's fantastic. I think the Ravens are the best team in football right now. That well, being are. said, like, if I were playing them – I would do whatever it took to make him throw the football. 
anything. Like I'd play a bare front. I'd play eight in the box. I'd play cover zero and just th- just say, go ahead. If you can throw the ball over my head, beat me. Now, it's a hell of a lot easier for me to say that than to actually do that. And I get that. Teams aren't dumb, and they can't beat the Ravens. The Ravens are 9-2. and two. And I think Jackson should win the MVP right now. I've long said Russell Wilson, but Wilson hasn't played as well in recent weeks. Jackson, to me, has leapfrogged him at this point. He would be my most valuable player. Yeah. He has been great this year. That said... Now we're starting to get in a silly territory where you're starting to get, well, is, is he better than Mahomes? Is he the best player in the league? No, like, no, he's not. But he's been incredibly fun to watch, yeah. and he is a very good player. And if I had a, a pick right now, I'd pick them to go to the Super Bowl. But do I think that that could change over the next two months? Of course. It's the NFL. Things change week to week. Jeff, let me name a stat before you jump in here. Just last four weeks, Lamar Jackson – 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Quarterback rating, 142. Perfect, by the way, is 158.3. Okay, we're talking 16 away from perfect here. By the way, that also includes a win over the New England Patriots, if not the best defense, the second best defense in the NFL. So throw that in there too as well. It's interesting listening to longtime football people talk about this, and I'll include you, Matt, in this because you study the game really well. We, you know, you mentioned Ed Reed, Mark, about how he doesn't, you know, kind of believe in in Lamar Jackson. For a lot of us, the reason why it's tough to believe in this is because there's now a hundred year history of the NFL where this this system does not work very long, right? And it's a system where eventually the quarterback does get it. Now, right now, it's going well, and he should be he should get credit for that. Greg Roman should get credit for that. But kind of the second time you see them, which the Patriots are going to do, maybe in the championship game, which by the way. The Steelers and Browns have a good opportunity coming up to do that as well, so we'll see how that goes a second time around. But we just haven't seen this work for a long period of time. And a lot of us are skeptical to go out on a limb and say, hey, this is the new wave of the NFL. Because I don't think it is, by the way. I think that this is not – it's Greg Roman. And when Greg Roman goes to the Bears next year and Cam Newton comes along, what are the Ravens going to be next year, right? So I think that there's, there's still hesitation from a lot of us because a lot of us like to kind of play it safe, and we take the safe pick, which is you know Tom Brady, which is Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, right? The guys that we know, Aaron Rodgers, have been there, done it before. Russell Wilson, right? And it's hard to just put all our eggs in a basket of of a team and a player that could combust next week in the playoffs. That really doesn't have, honestly, a longevity of five to seven years. It might work now, but it's eventually going to catch up to him. All the rushing, and look, it's exciting to watch now. I've been wrong about this. Like, so I think that that's why a lot of us are hesitant to go all in on this offense. Well, and the other thing I just want to say, too, because I agree with everything you said, Jeff, if you need a cautionary tale for this, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on it, but look at who his backup quarterback is. I, I remember knew you were when, going RG3. Well, look, I knew man, it. When Robert Griffin came into the league, he was electric with his legs, and he wasn't rushing for 1,200 yards. I'm not saying – but he was – as exciting a runner in the league as we had seen since Vic, he had a great arm that he ended up getting hurt. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with Jackson, but it's just so hard. I, mean, I remember when Kaepernick was taking over the league. Now, forget all the political crap, just football talk. I remember that playoff game against the Packers. We ran for like 181 yards. They went to the Super Bowl. It's so hard to play like that year after year after year. Teams scheme up for it. And on top of that, I am a firm believer, and this is why I have the hardest time just fully committing to this. You need to be able to win multiple ways in the NFL if you're going to win a Super Bowl. And the Ravens right now, they need to play a certain way. They need to win on first down by running the ball. They really need to win on second down. They need to be running the ball well enough to play action works and it gets these guys wide open behind the linebackers. If that doesn't happen for the Ravens, they've got problems. How do I know? They've fallen behind big in two games this year, and they've gotten beaten in both of them, and they've really not threatened in either one of them. Okay, yeah. Cleveland got up big on them and blew the doors off them in Baltimore, and Kansas City got up big and rolled to another win. 
I'm not saying it's easy to do that. Baltimore's defense is underrated. It's really good. But if they get into a playoff game, specifically against Kansas City or New England, where they fall behind by a couple of scores, they've got problems. And both those teams, especially Kansas City with that offense, is capable of doing it. So, look, I think they're terrific. I think they're the best team in football right now. But if, I, if, if somebody who wants to close their eyes and pretend there aren't some warning signs out there, I think they're wrong. There are reasons to be skeptical that this is just going to go on forever. Well, let's, let's size up the matchup this week because I think this could be a great uh, indicator of how things are going to go in the playoffs. You're going up against an incredible defense of the Niners. Now, San Francisco is cr- traveling across the country, which is always a challenge, especially in the regular season. But you're talking about a 10-1 football team who just dismantled Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, made Aaron Rodgers look like he was uh, Jeff Driscoll of the Lions. Let's go there. So if they can do it this week, Jeff Schwartz, will you dial in even harder on the Ravens? Because it ain't going to be easy against San Francisco. I mean, I feel the same as I as I think I would, which is they're very good. They're the favorite right now to win the AFC, in my opinion. Now, would I take them going into Foxborough for the AFC? No, I'd still take New England. I think you'd be foolish to bet against New England in the situation. But right now, they're playing the best football in the NFL. Being the Niners doesn't change that opinion, right? I, I think that, like I said, seeing them a second time around is so important, and the Niners haven't done that yet. And look... The key, again, for this game is nothing more than the Niners offensively have got to come out and score on their first drive. They need to take the, take the opening kickoff, go and score a touchdown. One other thing I want to mention is the Ravens do not beat themselves. So I'll give you two examples last night of the Rams beating themselves, besides, obviously, golf being terrible. So second and five, they're down 14 nothing. Second and five, ball to seven. Left guard jumps off sides. They now go to second and ten. All right. They then throw, call a terrible screen. Now it's third and 17. They call it a play action screen from the 10 yard line. So stupid. Then, and, and then, then, then they get a field goal right now. So now it's 14 3. Could have been 14 7, but self inflicted wound, right? False start, bad play call. I think the next drive, they're down 21 3. They got the ball back to 18. Up, oh, Robert Woods, false start, doesn't motion properly. It was a false start. Now it's second and 10. They kick another field goal. I, I believe that that's when Goff got sacked because they put a a tight end on the, the Ravens' best pass rusher. Field goal again. So two instances where the Rams beat themselves by compounding mistakes. The Ravens don't do that. The Niners cannot make mistakes, which they really don't do. That's a big part of this. Verum, let's hone in on the Niners here. And, you know, when people dog San Francisco, they like to point to the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. who was showing some major leadership against the Packers this weekend. I mean, his teammates are talking about a George Kittle and company, that he's coming over to the sidelines. It's early in the game. We should be burying this team. He's playing great football. When you look at the San Francisco team, I mean, yes, go ahead. Is Jimmy good enough to do it for him? He's playing good football. Um, He was not good against Seattle. He was uneven against Arizona. He was terrific against the Packers. Um, and by the way, just as an aside, the Rams, uh, you know when I knew that game was over? When they ran the ball on their first possession on third and 13. Good night. Um, but in any event, and by the way, that's also when Sean McVay knew it was over. But back to this game, uh, look, I, I, think, I think the Niners are good enough to win the game. I think the Niners are really talented. The one thing I'm watching in this game, because I agree with Jeff, look, they got to score and all that, and that's fine. I think Kyle Shanahan might be the best play designer in the league, along with guys like Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and so forth. But... The thing I'm curious for, the Niners have a very fast and athletic front seven. Maybe the most athletic front seven in football. How does that match up with Lamar Jackson? I think the Ravens had the advantage in this game. It's cross-country for the Niners. The Ravens are at home. I agree again with Jeff. Look, it matters when you see this for a second time, a third time. You start getting used to it. It starts not to be intimidating. Whereas I feel like some of these teams almost look like they're on a freeway trying to play football when the Ravens come at them with this scheme. But I think the Niners have a very real shot to win this game. My, my biggest concern with Garoppolo is, you know the Ravens are blitzing. They blitz all the time. They blitz more than any team in the league. I feel like we say this every single week. If Garoppolo throws picks in this game, they're going to lose. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't throw picks and he beats the blitz, I think the Niners have a very good shot to win. I know that's rudimentary. It seems simple, but it's just the truth. I, I mean, Goff looked horrified last week. He looked like yeah. he had no idea they were going to blitz. And watching, <laughs> it was the same thing. Like two weeks in a row, both these teams look like they had no idea that Baltimore likes to bring pressure. You need to have plays where your hot read is is almost a primary read. Get the ball out, get it cool and quick, let them make some yards after the catch. The Niners have guys that can do that. I think the Niners stand a good chance in the game. 
Uh, and I, but I think it comes down to Garoppolo getting rid of the ball quickly and accurately. Jeff, how do you size up the Ravens' defense versus the Niners' offense? Well, you know what plays work great against pressure? Screens. What the yep. Niners do very well, they run a ton of screens. And so uh, looking forward to seeing You know, they don't run a ton of third-down screens. A lot of them are first-down kind of these play-action screens, right, where they, where they fake a handoff and the tight end turns around and boom, right, somewhere like that. Now, third-down screens, they don't do as much of – but there's some fun stuff you can do against some of these pressures. So I'm looking for that. Remember, you know, they won the game against Arizona hitting hitting a hot route against zero pressure. Uh, they know what they're doing when pressure comes. It's a matter of Jimmy G. Look, you paid him all his money. He's got to execute. Uh, hopefully Joe Staley's back. That'll be a huge help for them yep. at left tackle if he can be back. Um, but look, it, it's hard to say the Niners defense, you know, as athletic they are, can keep up. I, I just don't know. I, I just – you got to be so fast. And they are fast at linebacker. Um you know, I think it's one of those things where you want to play man coverage because you want an extra guy in the box, but then you kind of don't want to play man coverage because Lamar will find a way to beat you with with his legs. So it's, I'm interested to see how they play him. They've had film now on the Texans who sucked at it, the Rams who sucked at it. The Patriots weren't half bad at it, actually. Um, you know, Ingram bust that long run. So we'll see what they do. I'm excited to see. We're going to get to Matt Verham's Meltdown Tuesday in one minute here, but just real quick, 10 seconds. If you had an MVP vote right now, Matt Verderam, who are you going with? Jackson. Right now, Jackson. I think he's usurped Wilson over the last couple of weeks. Jeff, are you in the same boat? Yes. I said Jackson like three weeks ago. People thought I was crazy. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I think it's – I'm with both of you. Lamar Jackson right now is the clearly the MVP of the – The Ravens without Lamar Jackson, you throw a bunch of other quarterbacks. Oh, forget in. it. They're four and seven. Right, right. Yeah. All right, Verderam, you – let's – I know this – it's exciting here – Bringing back Meltdown Tuesday on to Stacking the Box. Vertoram, let's see what you got today, my friend. NFL officiating is the same as it's ever been. The problem is technology is better than it's ever been. More people watch the games than ever before in more ways. And oh, by the way, gambling is becoming legal more and more across America. And eventually, all 50 states are going to legalize it. It's only a matter of time. And when people have money riding on the games, they care a hell of a lot more than just when it's their favorite team playing. Most casual fans don't care if you miss a call here or there. People that are losing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, they care if you call tripping when there's not tripping. They care <laughs> if there's a pass interference call that gets overturned when no other pass interference call ever gets overturned. Just ask DeAndre Hopkins a few weeks ago. So look, the NFL... It's time to fix this. You need to get full-time officials. You need to be more of, of a scrutinizing body when it comes to missing calls, making calls, and tell the officials, for the love of God and for the love of themselves, get out of the way. Don't call it if it's not necessary. Well, so often, officials are putting themselves into the spotlight. I don't know that it's, it's subconscious or conscious, but it's happening and it's more and more money comes into these games, the scrutiny is only going to grow. The NFL has to button this up before it becomes an even bigger problem than it already is. So I agree with all that. I, I don't know if full-time officials are really the answer, but I think the answer is let's just not call something if it's not there. It needs to like, stop. Like, like, like that, because here's the thing about full-time officials, Matt. It's like, what would they, like right now, for example, what would they, they be doing? There's almost so much film you can watch. I mean, I guess VR is the way to go. If, if you give them the virtual, you know, rally goggles and they're on the field and they do right. one game a day and they figure it out. Otherwise, it's just you need to you need to stop guessing, right? If you think, well, maybe he tripped and maybe he didn't, then, then then don't throw the flag. Maybe it was a hole, maybe it wasn't. Don't throw the flag. Like don't don't just don't. You don't have to throw a penalty. And it, it's embarrassing for the NFL to come out and say, look, these were both missed. Now, do I think the Cowboys go down and score a touchdown? Probably not, but right. I, I would have given, given him a fair opportunity. They had nine points all game, and part of that was Jason Garrett's, you know, just mind-numbing. Is decision. Jason Garrett in a coma? Well, I, 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 I don't know. I is he I in a coma? Heard, because I, I, I feel like every other other than his hands hitting each other all game, every game, I, I'm not sure that anything's going on with Jason Garrett. <laughs> it's just, but like, look, man, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, I've been watching football for, I don't know, what, 25 years now? And, and I'm still only 31 years old, whatever. But there is – I mean, I've watched enough football in my life to know, like, tripping is a fairly rare call. It happens twice in the game. And both times, it's just a horrendous call. Like, in real time, you're like, that's not – and I love, by the way, 
and every fan base does it, so I'm not just picking on him. The Pats fans, just coming out of the woodwork. That was a trip. You could see his right leg. He was no. resetting. He's a center. What are you talking about? And if that was called on New England, those same people would be screaming their heads off that it wasn't a penalty. Just enough. It's ridiculous. Do I think he was put his leg up there to try to stop him? Yeah, I think he. I think that's what he was doing. Do I think he was trying to like? Is that is that a move that's a tripping? No, it's not. Like like he was trying to get in his way, right? He was, he was moving his leg to get in his way as an offensive lineman would do. So is, is he was he trying to trip him? No, he's trying to get in his way. And then also he didn't even touch him. I don't think. And Zach Martin was already pancaking the guy on the ground. Like it was it was just an atrocious call. It's time to place your bets. We'll get we'll get back into the Cowboys in a little bit here as we move on to our Place Your Bets, uh, which is sponsored and partnered with the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. And uh, we'll, again, we'll get more in-depth into the Cowboys. Get your numbers from the Action Network, as that's where we get our numbers for all the games coming up here in Week 13, our partnership with the Action Network. They start with the Thanksgiving Day game of the Dallas Cowboys, fittingly, with the Buffalo Bills Cowboys at home, as they always are on Thanksgiving Day. Cowboys are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. 41% of the bets are going on Dallas, 30% of the money. So people actually like the Bills here getting the points. The number is 45 and a half. Uh, more of the money going on the over, more of the bets going on the over. Matt Verderam, we start with you, Cowboys and Bills. I'm going counter. I'll say the under. Uh, I, I don't think the Bills are going to score a lot of points in this game. I don't think Dallas is going to score 30 points either. And I'm taking Dallas to cover this spread, not by a ton. I don't feel great about that. I take the under more than I would the spread. But, look, the Bills have beaten nobody all year long. And I know people always get ticked off if you make that argument. You go down the line. The Bills have basically beaten Vanderbilt eight times in a row this year. I mean, it is just comical. Oh. How bad these teams are! They've beaten, they've played two good teams all year. The Patriots beat them in Buffalo. The Eagles, who I don't even think are good at this point, but are at least average. They beat them. You could argue the Titans game is the most impressive win. That's when Mariota was playing. They went fourteen seven. The Titans was four field goals in the game. To me, like the Cowboys should win this game by ten points. This should be 23-13, something like that. Jeff Josh Allen's been playing better football though, and he he looks comfortable in that hurry up. Can you see him having success against the Cowboy defense? No. So real quick to um, to Matt's point, the twenty twenty draft orders are standing right now, right? Bengals, Giants, Dolphins, Redskins, Broncos. Then you go to ten or the Jets. The Bills have seven of their eight wins against those those six teams and six of those wins of the seven are, are the top five worst teams in the NFL. Now, of course you only play those on your schedule. I get all that. But again, the Matt's point, they've also lost to any halfway decent team. They play on the schedule. Remember they lost to the Browns two weeks ago. Well, it was great. Patriots, Eagles, six and a half feels like a lot of points uh, in this. I think we're seeing the line open at seven, come down a little bit. If you can wait a little bit longer, maybe get an extra half point or whatnot. I would take Eileen Cowboys here. Um, you know, they're a veteran team. They know their backs are against the wall. They know the schedule coming up is rough. They know their coach is on the hot seat. Their owner is looking at them. Teams tend to play pretty well when, when that happens. I'll take the Cowboys here. Um, and I like the under two. That's a good call there, Matt. I think the Cowboys are in disarray. I just want to go on record here. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to shock everybody on Thanksgiving Day and make it a game. And I'm actually got Buffalo winning by a field goal. Wow. That, uh, if that happens, that's going to be unbelievable theater. Jason McGarrett might get fired. Oh, on God. Well, Seriously. We'll, we'll have that conversation coming Chris up Shore as well. Will be the head coach. Let, let's move on to the Niners and the Ravens, which, of course, we've talked about already, but let's, uh, let's get the predictions out here. Baltimore is a six-point favorite. The money uh, is going on Baltimore, 64%, uh, but only 40% of the bets are going on Baltimore. I have a feeling Jeff and I are going to be in lockstep on this one. The number, by the way, is 45.5. More bets are on the over. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, you get to go first here. Ravens and the Niners. So you're telling me that if this was in San Francisco, the Ravens would be three-point favorites? Hard to believe, right? Yeah, yeah. This is Give me the six points of the Niners. That's ridiculous. Look, we might be wrong on this. The, The Ravens might win by 21 points. But I'll feel very good being on the side of the Niners entering Sunday's game. Yeah, listen, I don't know if I'd take a money line either way in this game, but the Niners getting six points. The Niners are 10-1 and 
Like I'm, I'm so, nothing against the Ravens. What if the Ravens don't prove they're better than the 49ers? I, I, I mean, in what world, right? Like both teams have won against good teams. And both teams have beaten up on bad teams. The only difference really right now is like the Niners have one loss to Seattle. The Ravens have a loss to Kansas City. Both of those teams, Super Bowl contending teams. The only difference is that Cleveland beat the Ravens and the Niners beat the, by, beat the Browns by 85 points roughly when they played them. Like to me... I don't. I, I could see this being. I, this should be a three-point line. This should be that typical. You're at home. You get three. Five. Give me the Niners. All the, six points. I, I, I. That's a lot of points to be given a ten and one football team that just housed Aaron Rodgers. For the record, the line started to at four and a half. So they're betting up the Ravens here. It with, went up after Monday night's game. Right. Demolished the the Rams. By the way, still don't even know what happened in that game. Yeah. Well, uh, it it is interesting though. I mean, San Francisco's not exactly coming off an unimpressive win. Uh, that's about as impressive and, as it gets. By but, the way, it should matter. Ravens on a short week, like that's a lot to prepare for at the Niners. Just saying. I, I think the, I I would point. pick the Ravens probably to win the game, but the six points. That's that's a huge line. All right. Let's move on here, team. We'll go to the Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oakland with the debacle of a 34-3 loss to the Jets. Hello, Oakland. Uh, and Kansas City is home here. They're a 10-point favorite. Money is basically, or the bets are split basically, but more money is going on KC. The number is 51, with a lot more money going on the under on that 51. Jeff Schwartz, who do you like? Your Raiders and Chiefs at 10-point spread. Um, Andy Reid is, is 17-3 after a bye. Um, they're going to be healthy. They're going to be motivated. The Raiders, what a stink fest that was. By the way, one of the Carr brothers now arguing with Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jesus, just stop. What a, what a clown family. Come on, guys. You know, it's, it's, you, stop, stop. Jamal Adams wasn't even talking shit about your brother. He just posted a picture of him sacking him. Um, I'm thinking the Chiefs here, the 10 points. I think this game, um, it just reeks like Chiefs take all their anger out on the world after a bye on the Raiders' defense. What do you think of... As you make your pick here, Matt Verderam, Gruden yep. benching Carr in the third quarter, uh, little throwing a little bit more uh, wood on the fire, if you will. Yeah, I mean, look, in the moment, I kind of felt like not uh, the right move to bench your quarterback there. I mean, I know he wasn't benching him because he thinks he's not as good as Mike Lennon. He just didn't want to get hurt. I understand all that. I wasn't a huge fan. I also don't think it's a massive deal either. Like, it's okay. Um Hunter Renfro now, by the way, is out, which matters for them because he's been a pretty good possession receiver. Normally, I'd say 10 points. That's way too many. Like, the, I took the Colts a couple months ago when they went Arrowhead and they were like a 10 or 11-point underdog. I, I got to say, though, I, I'm with Jeff here. I think this is the kind of game. Like, Carr's been terrible at Arrowhead his whole career. He's bad in cold weather. The Chiefs are healthy. They know, like to me now, this is this is where contending teams, like this is a stretch run. You got five games left. The Chiefs are looking at that schedule and saying, we got to at least win four of these games. They might even be able to run the table. We'll see if they should win four. I think this is the kind of game that at halftime you're going, wow, the Chiefs are just laying it on the Raiders. I, I don't think the Raiders can stop them. Like ultimately, I could see Jacobs having a good game and the line being pretty good, but I just don't think the Raiders are going to be able to stop Kansas City. How are they getting off the field in this game? So I think I think the Chiefs win. I think they win big. I think Mahomes has an enormous game. I could see him going for 400 yards and like some some huge stat line. So give me them. I think. And by the way, if the Chiefs win this, it basically just cinches the division. They'd be up two games with four to go, and they'd hold a tiebreaker. So uh, I, I think the Chiefs roll something like 38 to, to 20 in that range. For the record, it's going to be 40 degrees in Kansas City on Sunday. So not super cold, but I guess uh, relatively cold if you're a West Coast team. But all right, let's move on here, team. Titans and Colts. Uh, Indy was right there with the Texans, but it didn't work out. They're still in the game back, and they're a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home uh, against a Tennessee team who has found Ryan Tannehill. Damn it, the guy is rolling. All of a sudden, Tannehill is hes certainly having a season. Colts are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And the number is 43-and-a-half, Matt Verderam. There's a part of me that wants to take the Titans because they've played well recently, but I'm going to take the Colts. Really, I'll, I'll be frank on a, on a gut. I just think Wright gets them right this week. They've had an extra couple days to prepare and a rest. Marlon Mack being out matters, but I, I just – look, the Titans are a weird team. They beat the Jags. They beat the Chiefs. They got dominated against Kansas City, but they found a way to win that game. 
You know, they've had a couple games like that this year. They should have lost to the Chargers, but they won because of craziness at the goal line. I think the Colts, I think this this is where everybody starts jumping on that bandwagon, like, oh, Tannehill, (laughs) the Titans, here they come. Oh, no, wait, no, never mind. I, 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 I just, this is the classic game with the NFL where everybody starts talking themselves into something. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, what we've seen for 10 years is actually the truth. I will take the Colts to win in a cover. Um, I like the under here, but I'll, I'll just give you a, couple, a stat real quick about Ryan Tannehill. So he's had five starts, right? He's completing 71% of passes, almost 1,300 yards, 14 total touchdowns, including three rushing and three interceptions. Um, I mean, he's played he's played fabulous. But I think to Matt's point, this feels like everyone's going to overhype them and then Ryan Tannehill's going to go back to the quarterback we know he is. Um, and that, that's what I worry about. But I think the under here is, is the play I'm, I'm making – uh, you mentioned Mac being out. The Titans can play defense. The Colts can play defense. I think Tannehill comes back to earth a little bit. Give me under 43 plus all the money's on the over. So I like the under here. Yeah, I love that play as well. You, you look, you, you boil everything in there. It's, to me, it screams under as well, especially with the money going on the over. I love to fade it, and that's what you'd be doing if you bet the under Titans and Colts. All right, Sunday night football. Who's not fired up for this one? Texans at home. Let's see what Deshaun Watson can do against this Patriots defense, and let's see what Tom Brady can do as far as getting that Patriots offense going. Uh, I think the best unit in this game, we would all agree, is the Patriots defense, but uh, we'll, maybe the Texans offense can have some success here. Patriots are three-point favorite on the road, and, only, and a bunch of the money, as you like to do it, Jeff Schwartz, is going on the New England Patriots. The number is 44 and a half. Uh, Jeff, we start with you. You know my rule. You bet the Patriots or you bet nobody. It cost me last week. Um, I would bet the Patriots. I'm, I'm not betting against them. I'm, just, I'm not doing it. Um, you know, we keep talking about their offense, and we'll talk about that in just a second as well. Uh, hasn't been very good, but defense, they're still historically good. They're playing a Texans team that looked disoriented on offense two weeks ago. They looked terribly great against the Colts on Thursday night as well. Um, I... I just think the Pats are going to win this game like usual. What's missing with this Texans offense right now, Matt Verderam? Well, the offense, I mean, the line isn't consistent. I, I, they have no tight end. I don't believe necessarily in the head coach who's calling the plays. But other than that, they're great. Um, the, look, the big concern I have in this game, if you're a Houston fan, you know in this game, you know they're going to see a lot of blitzes. Gilmore is going to take away Hopkins. They're going to double with a safety over the top of Fuller. And they're going to say, go right ahead, throw the ball, throw it anywhere else, try to run the ball against us. Like th- this game, like you need to out, I don't want to say outsmart the Pats, but you need to be able to think in time with them. You need to be able to at least stay with them, maybe not even get ahead, but at least have a chess match going. O'Brien's not going to have a chess match going with Belichick. <laughs> That's, I mean, like, what are we talking about here? And like, I like Watson. Watson's a terrific player to me. He's a top eight quarterback in the league, if not even higher, maybe even top five. The one problem I have with Watson is he holds on to the ball. And against the Pats, that's a problem. Like You need to be able to make a quick decision and get rid of the football. And Watson, you go back and watch the game against the Ravens. He holds the ball, and he's going to get hit. And so I I don't think it's a blowout because New England's offense, we will talk about it here in a second, New England's offense is atrocious. I mean, at some point here, that's got to become more of a story. They can't score a point. But I do think in this game – the Houston defense is a million injuries. I think Houston cannot keep up. I think the, I think the pass went by you know a touchdown. All right, let's go Monday Night Football here, team. The Minnesota Vikings and the resurgent, if you will, Kirk Cousins on the road at Seattle. The Seahawks went cross country this week, and that defense was extraordinary. Although the Eagles were super banged up, but they did get a win in Philly, which was pretty impressive. The Seahawks are six and zero on the road, but they're back home here and they're three point favorite. 67% of the bets are going on Seattle, but only 35% of the money, sharp money here, is on the Vikings. The love number it. is 49. What, what's that, Jeff? Why don't you start? I, I love it. Give me Vikings plus three here. Um, off a of buy. Uh, Seattle just plays ugly games, and this feels like we're going to get a cold, rainy, ugly Seattle Seahawks game here with the, with the Vikings refreshed. Off of buy. Mind you, Seattle has lost two home games this year. They've won all the road games. It's the opposite of how it normally works in Seattle. Uh, I don't think Cousins – and is this a primetime game again? So now we're going to pull up all the 
primetime cousin stats where he's terrible in primetime. Um, but he did break that streak at the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think the three points here, these teams are, are very even. I agree with this. And Mike Zimmer's a covering machine, by the way. So give me uh, give me Zimmer here, uh, plus three. I think they keep this game close. I don't know if they win the game, but I'll take the three points. I'll take the over. I'm not touching the one of these teams. I'll I'll admit it. I don't know how I feel about this game. I really don't. I got, Seattle, to me, can be the best team in football on certain days. And other days, they barely beat the Bengals. They, the Eagles game was a slog. Carson Wentz, my God, did he have money on Seattle in that game? It was hideous. But you know what? This is also made weird because Minnesota, I think they're, they're more talented, but you just never know what you're getting. Like, they, they could lose to Matt Moore. They could almost lose to Brandon Allen. They could also go out and beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. So I'll take the over. I think it's a fairly high-scoring game. Uh, if I had to pick a team, I'll take Seattle at home. I know they haven't been great at home, but I believe in Russell Wilson. I, I, so I would take him at home. But it, to me, the game's somewhat of a coin flip. I, I think there will be a lot of points scored. It's time for in or out. All right. Team, let's move on to our famous segment at Sweeping the Nation. It's called In or Out, and we've got four topics for you today, and we're going to start with the New England Patriots. The Patriots' offense will prevent the Patriots from winning the Super Bowl. Matt Verum, let me start with you because you've been all in on this Patriots team I mean, in, in different well, ways. I, I've been on the same side of – this coin in the sense I, I've been picking them to be the team that is the favorite in the AFC. I'm coming off that. Like to me, they cannot score. So I'm in on this and I'm so I, like, I get it. I get it. Counting out the Pats is a fool's errand and I'm not counting them out, but I'm just saying right now, I think they're the third best team in the conference. They can't score a point. They can't score. And they've played nobody in the one team that they played that was any good. They, they won the turnover battle in that game. They still got killed. They had three drives against Dallas that scored points. Those drives went for a total of 53 yards. I know they were in the rain, so let's go back a week. They played the Eagles. The Eagles have one of the worst secondaries in football. The Pats couldn't get open the entire game. They scored 17 points, one of which was a touchdown pass from Julian Edelman. The other time they kicked a field goal was Carson Wentz fumbling inside his 30-yard line. I think that if Baltimore Kansas City plays them in the playoffs or even in a regular season game and the turnover battle is even, I think New England is going to lose. They cannot get any separation. The offensive line stinks. They can't run the ball. Gronk's not walking through that door. Like, at some point here, you're going to have to score over 20. And I, they, they've not shown any – they're regressing. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. Jeff, are you about to invoke the 2015 Denver Broncos with an aging Peyton Manning, perhaps? You know, I credited Matt earlier for being a brilliant football mind. I might take that back now because you never <laughs> – count out the Patriots ever yes is their offense struggling 100% will they figure out a way to fix it yes I'm about to put a video up in a little bit of Elon Roberts the tight the their line middle linebacker playing fullback and kicking the crap out of Jeff Heath on some of these runs Isaiah Wynn is back their left tackle they look much better blocking for Tom Brady last week than ever before are there wide receiver issues yes it's why they're still poking around Antonio Brown there's always rumors about Gronk coming back now that was a position I was surprised they didn't touch very much in the draft or in free agency was, was tight end. I, th- I, I think maybe they thought deep down Gronk would come back at some point. He's not. Are there issues on offense? Yes. Am I counting them out? Absolutely not. Well, and for the record, for the record I'm not counting them out, but I, actually, I want your opinion. If their offense doesn't get better than this, I'm not even talking about point out, but I'm just talking about the way it looks, the way it operates. If they don't get better than this, if they're in a game against Baltimore or Kansas City and they are – even in the turnover battle, do you think they're a better team than either one of them? No, but that doesn't mean I don't think they're going to win. They just okay. find ways. That's look, fair. I mean, they just find ways to. No, I don't think. That, I, I think that, and we'll see the Chiefs in a couple of weeks when they go to go to New England. Um, how that goes. Remember though, uh, the the Patriots have also just demolished the Chiefs' defense over the years too. So True. let's just see. Let's just see how it goes. I'm not terribly concerned about it. I'll worry about it more in a couple of weeks. Topic two and in or out the Packers are frauds and not a legit Super Bowl contender. They've lost two of their last three, still sitting up top the NFC North, but tied with the Vikings, yes. both 8-3. and three. In or out, the Packers are frauds. Jeff, go ahead since you're starting. I'm in, and I tweeted this the other day. Packer fans were really angry with me. You guys are off a bye, 
and you looked disorganized, you looked discombobulated, you looked like you hadn't studied the game plan at all, really studied the film, you didn't look like you had much of a game plan. Rodgers is not playing good football this year. Sorry, folks. Defensively, yeah, you, you can rush the passer, can't stop the run. Um, and the teams they've been, by the way, they beat the Vikings early in the season, week two, yep. remember. They beat the Cowboys, who aren't very good. Um, they beat, who else? The Raiders have a winning record. I mean, they just really haven't, it just, I'm out. I think they're frauds. I'm out. I, I probably am with Jeff here more than I'm not. Look, I, I don't think they're as good as the Niners. That's pretty evident. I don't think they're as good as the Saints. I don't think they're as good as Seattle. So it's going to be hard to get to the Super Bowl and you're the fourth best team in the conference. They're the NFC's answer to Houston, right? Like, I think in each conference, there's probably three teams that can, that can get to the Super Bowl. And that's yeah. pretty much it. I think you've got six teams. Baltimore, New England, Kansas City, any order you want to put them. Okay, Baltimore number one, though, in my opinion right now. And then San Francisco, Seattle, and New Orleans. Those six teams. I don't think anybody else is getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and so when I look at the Packers, Jeff stole my, my point, really. Look, they, they got housed by the Chargers. The Niners killed them. They beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and they barely beat them with Matt Moore playing and the Chiefs literally, you go back and look at the inactives of that game, yeah. Frank Clark's not there. Chris Jones isn't there. Tyree Kill is just coming off injury. Sammy Watkins coming off injury. They barely won. It took two miracle throws by Rodgers to win that game. I, I think they're good, but I wouldn't even be surprised they don't win the division. Like Minnesota, people just think it's some foregone conclusion that Green Bay is going to win this division. The Vikings are the same record, and they get them in Minnesota later in the year. Yep. So I can see that happening. Second to last week of the season, and Green Bay's got three wins of their eight against the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. So all these points are fair on the Packers. Topic three, the Browns will run the table and make the playoffs. Matt Verderam, you in or out on the Browns going crazy in Cleveland? I I'm out. I think the Browns are going to make it interesting because the schedule is easy. Look, I think they're winning against Pittsburgh this weekend. Pittsburgh, the, 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 the jig's up with it. They can't score. Like, and I mean, I mean really can't score. Like almost lost to the Bengals can't score. So I think Cleveland wins this game. Uh, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's pretty. I think there's going to be a couple of personal fouls in this one. Uh, but I think Cleveland wins. The big question I have with, with the Browns are, okay, look, can you beat the Ravens for a second time? You're getting them in Cleveland. You beat the tar out of them in Baltimore. <laughs> But those things aren't always, you know, sometimes people equate that like, well, that definitely means they're going to win. That, that's not always no. the case. You see that happen and teams come back. I think the Browns are going to get to nine wins. I don't know that they beat Baltimore. They might. They could. And even if they do, I think they stumble somewhere else. They lose some other game they shouldn't. Maybe a team like the Cardinals. So I think they get to nine wins. I don't think they run the table. I, I think that loss is this weekend against the Steelers. Of course, they yeah, have a bagel. I, 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 actually, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the Steelers beat them this weekend. Okay. Uh, so, but again, I think they can beat the Ravens. Look, can they run the table? For sure. Will they? Probably not. But I still think at nine and seven, you know, you have a tiebreaker over the Bills. Could get you it. Have the Cowboys coming up, have the Patriots still. And the Bills have another of, of another couple of teams to to play as well. They could lose to. They have the Jets. Jets are playing better. They're surging, right? The Jets will be um, have to go to, to Buffalo in that game, obviously. Uh, but nine and seven maybe gets you in the dance. Um, but I think this weekend. The emotions of this game, you have a veteran team in the Steelers. I think you'll be able to handle it better than the Browns. We'll, we'll find out, obviously. Um, but uh, Duck Hodges, man, official, in the lineup, ready to go. I'm looking forward to it. There you go. It's some To me, that's somewhat fitting with Mason Rudolph's uh, moment with Miles Garrett. But we don't need to go down that road. Let's do topic four here. And topic four is Jason Garrett will coach the New York Giants in 2020 that rumor is out there i'm also interested if you think the cowboys should move along from garrett right now but are you in or out on garrett coaching the giants staying in the division uh in 2020 uh jeff go ahead but with a betting favorite right now to be the coach of the cowboys next year is urban meyer um yeah so uh will he coach the giants next year oh my god that'd be amazing cowboy fans would probably gladly let him coach the giants can you imagine just on the metlife stadium just Clapping yeah. away there. Yeah. Uh, I think Schirmer uh, will not get fired. So I, I don't think this is the case. By doing that, the Giants, uh, the Cowboys will move off of Garrett. They have to, right? I mean, even if they win the division, by the way, the Eagles now play like the Dolphins, Redskins, uh, Giants twice, and Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles are probably going to win the division, just kind of back, back in there. Um, but Jason Garrett's gone. I don't think he's in New York, though. All right, so I'm out on this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into story time here real quick so everybody can gather around. Yes. Okay, so last year I was at the Combine, 
and for anyone who's ever been at the Combine, uh, the, the, the real action doesn't start till about 1 o'clock in the morning. And then you're right. out at the steakhouses, St. Elmo's, Prime 47, oh, oh, whatever. Ooh. Right? It's a good time. Jeff, you should meet up with me. We'll, we'll, we'll go nuts. We'll go to Steak and Shake at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> um, so, look, I think when I was there last year, I won't say what restaurant because I don't want to give it away, but there was a, there was a, a very large gathering of NFL people. And in this bar – it was there was a corner of it roped off of the pride bar and Jerry and Steven Jones are in there and the Cowboys bus is parked outside and everybody's having a good time and they you know you know what you know who was in that party Sean Payton was in that party right and that's been a lot and I, my point is they're really close like they 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 are very good friends he obviously was an assistant there under Parcells and the reason I bring that story up is I think that for the longest time Jerry Jones has probably figured look at some point when Payton's ready to leave the Big Easy. I'll bring him in. He'll be the head coach where he belongs in Jones's mind in Dallas, and we'll all move on. But I don't know that Peyton's leaving New Orleans anytime soon. No, he's not leaving. And there's no reason to leave, right? And and he he's he's a god in New Orleans, a way he would never be in Dallas. And so I think Jones realizes that, and that's why now all of a sudden you're hearing all, uh, you know he's more critical of Garrett. I also think look, Jones is 77. The patience is starting to run dry. This team has a lot of talent on it. And it's six and five in a division that it should be eight and three, nine and two. It's not. He knows they're not a contender. So I think he's waited a long time with the hopes of Sean Payton eventually coming over. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he knows it. That said, I don't think Garrett's coaching with the Giants because the Giants, I think they're not dumb. Like they saw the reaction to that rumor getting floated out there. Wouldn't be shocked if the Giants were the ones who put it out there. Uh, I do not. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington said she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. He's coached in New York, and my God, as a New Yorker, I'd pay good money to see it happen. <laughs> Jeff, your, your, uh, your, your look on the Giants being a former Giant yourself? Um... Well, they should have drafted Sam Darnold and Josh Allen the previous two years, and they'd be in a much better spot than drafting yep. a running back who's produced nothing this season and helped you win zero games, yep. and a quarterback in Daniel Jones who's, I don't know, okay, I guess, turnover machine, gotten worse as the year has gone on. Remember when uh, he was Danny Dimes? That was fun. Yeah, so you could have had <laughs> could have had Sam Darnold, who's playing really well right now, yep. and maybe Josh Allen, defensive end, someone to help actually help your team, not a running back that doesn't matter. Giants, it's it's their fault, man. They've drafted poorly. They're in this situation. They have no one on their roster. I think that's been drafted in like the last seven years or something like that. Like they've no one. They've, I think since like it's really this is true. Like since like 2011, they've only signed two players. They've drafted to to, to long term contracts. That was Will Beatty and JPP. It's wow. not great. Well, they don't sign people, so it's it's not good. So uh, they don't know what they're doing, and they're a mess. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. All right, let's wrap up here, team, with uh, looking forward to week 13. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, any big plans I'd like to hear from you two gentlemen? Verderam, you making some, uh, I don't know, a little, little, little stuffing, a little, little cranberry, a little first, apple pie? <laughs> first of all, let's be real. I'm not making anything, okay? We're going to my in-laws, which is fine. I know a lot of people can't stand seeing their in-laws. My in-laws are great. In fact, my father-in-law is basically building out my basement as we speak right now. Thank you. The man is a wizard with drywall. But in any event, uh, my wife is baking dessert. I'm excited about that. She's a great cook. Uh, I'm going to eat a lot. I'm going to I'm sure be in a food coma by about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm excited to be in one. Rookie mistake for anyone out there. Don't wear a belt. Belts are a big disaster on Thanksgiving. you got to go no belt. Let the pants breathe. Uh, and on Saturday, I'm excited for you. You're going to be a married man. On Saturday. Well, Nobody I, ever thought this was coming. Talk about upsets. My God, the odds wait, of Vegas. Would wait, have been wait, wait. You're, you're getting married on Thanksgiving weekend? That is bold. Uh, well, yeah, I, I just can't believe he's getting married. I, first of all, I do have to make it to Saturday. That's uh, <laughs> This is a podcast, <laughs> so maybe I will have made it by the time you 
have watched this, but you know that of course is still up in the air. Um, you know, it depends on the moment if I think we're going to get there. Secondly, that's correct, Jeff. We're going with you know we want to always be grateful, things to be thankful for. Why not make it a wedding? Why not make it an anniversary? It's a beautiful thing, is it not? I think the fried turkey I'm going to make on Thursday is a beautiful thing. <laughs> that'll be that'll be injected with Creole butter. Uh, I got to do it. Maybe tonight I'll do it. Get it really marinated up. Get that peanut oil nice and hot. Wow. Drop that bird in there about 48 minutes. Comes out crispy. I looked at, by the way, I looked, I bought the peanut oil yesterday. It's a giant thing, right? It's like, and it has uh, one serving is 180 calories. It had 756 <laughs> servings. Oh. <laughs> Pour that whole bad boy right on there. Oh, it, goes, it goes all in there. Oh, it's so good. They put extra wings. <laughs> oh, so I just, I'll just, I'll marinate it up. Pull. The, the thing I haven't done yet, I need to try is, you can actually put a layer of mayonnaise on the bird and then fry it. It makes the skin even crispier. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. Might do it. Probably not. My wife likes mayonnaise. And then, uh, you know, I'm not a big side guy. I'll take, I'll take a little mac and cheese, a couple of crescent rolls. Give me the wing, the leg, and I'm, I'm good, baby. So how, how many people are coming over for Thanksgiving to Schwartz Home? Just, just, my, just my parents are here. Okay. All right. So this- Maybe we, have, we, have, we kind of have an open door thing at our house. So – um, and my parents from Los Angeles, they're here right now. They're going to listen to this anyways, but they, they hate, they like, they hate that. They don't hate. It's the wrong word to use. They're not used to like our open door policy, basically, where people just walk in our house. Like our <laughs> friends just like walk in like an uninterrupted. Like I remember my wife and I were sleeping one day. We we're taking a nap. The kids were sleeping I don't know, a couple months ago and we heard someone like in our kitchen and we just were like, Oh, well, whatever. And just went back to sleep. It was our, one of our friends just was over to like drop something off. So someone might, people might show up. I don't know. I don't know who's going to show up. We'll see. I, I love it. Old school. I look forward Come to on. I want a video, Jeff, on Twitter on Friday of you sweating peanut oil on the Peloton. Just just oh, getting after I'll it. Friday, Friday, I got six hours of radio Friday. I got to I gotta get my voice right, and uh, I'll be on the Peloton just sweating out that, that turkey grease. I've been good. I've been on this diet now for three weeks. Like, eat, like every single calorie I eat is, like, is measured and, and whatnot, and I'm just yeah. going to destroy it all with – Wings and legs, big old fried turkey leg. How, how much uh, weight are you taking off there, Jeff Schwartz? I need to lose about ugh, maybe twenty more pounds. Okay. How much? How how, that, how much have you taken off so far? I've done ten. All right, I, I'm, good. that's I'm, a W. Ten in two weeks. I'm on my third week right now. I'm, I'll weigh in again at the at next Monday. Um, and uh, we're moving right along. If you do it's the beautiful. if you do the mayo on the bird, uh, please put that on video and put it on your Twitter and or Instagram or wherever wherever you want to make that visible. I'd be all in on watching. It, it's a, it's a thing. It really is. Um, oh, I love it. The southern cooking is. It's a reason why um, you know people a little larger out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving. Everybody go out there and enjoy week 13. Of course, Thanksgiving, you got three games with the Bears and the Lions, the Bills and the Cowboys, and then nighttime, it's the Saints and the Falcons. But uh, it's going to be some awesome games uh, on Sunday. And, of course, we uh, we did it. We did our best in teeing up what should be just a phenomenal matchup with the 49ers and the Ravens. Happy Thanksgiving. Stacking the Box comes out every Tuesday. Subscribe. Let a friend know. Jeff Schwartz, always great to see you. Matt Verderam, our NFL insider. Give a rating. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you listening, and thanks for checking out the pod today. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.